Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. One of the most popular parables told by the Lord Jesus Christ is known as the Parable of the Talents, where a nobleman goes on a journey to a far country to receive a kingdom, leaving his servants with different amounts of money to use while he's gone. The servants use their allowances with varying degrees of success, but there is an interesting detail that the Lord Jesus Christ mentioned in his story, that is this. The citizens of the country rejected the nobleman, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Why did the Lord Jesus mention this particular point? Well, that is exactly what people were saying about him. Many did not want him to reign as king over them. Now, is that any different than today? Is it any different for you, my friend? God has provided us a means of salvation through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and his work on the cross. But Christ is a king, he rules over a kingdom. And he's much more than a fire escape from hell. He wants to reign over our lives, giving us untold blessings as he does so. So what about it? Is this why you're not saved? Because you, like citizens of the far country, also do not want him to reign over you? Let's consider these issues further as we listen today to evangelist Mr. Peter Ramsey with a message entitled, A King Rejected. And we hope that you'll analyze your own heart in this matter and ask yourself the question, what will I do with Jesus? I was visiting one day in, in the city of Toronto. I was actually just, it was an area where I thought I, I would just give some people an invitation. I wasn't going to be a nuisance or a pest. I'm not one of those people that knock on doors and try to shoulder my way in and they were, and like get in their living room. I, I, it's not my, that's not my, style, but I do like knocking on doors and leaving them with a smile and maybe a, a thought about Christ and an invitation to a gospel meeting. And I was doing that and uh, oh, I didn't know whether to knock on the door or not. It said, no junk mail or flyers. Well, I looked at it. I had John 3.16 in my hand. I didn't think that was necessarily junk mail. And then they had another sign. Here's what it said. No solicitors, religious or otherwise, we are happy just the way we are. If that changes, we'll call you. I got the message. You know what I thought when I walked away from the doorstep? I don't know who put the sign up. I was going to say, buddy, maybe it was a missy. I don't know. going to say, a lot of things can change in a 24-hour period. You go to a motel room. You want to sleep in the next morning. You get the little sign and you dangle it on the outside the door that says, Do not disturb. And maybe there's someone in the gospel meeting tonight, and we can't see the sign around your neck, but the same sign that's around the doorknob in a motel room, Do not disturb. Maybe that's the way you've come to this meeting tonight. Do not disturb me. 
Don't bother me. Don't upset me. Well, we would just like to preach from the Word of God. And if the Spirit of God disturbs you, then you need to be disturbed. Because wouldn't it be an awful thing if someone was here and you didn't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and something awful happened this week and you went out into eternity to meet your Creator unprepared? Wouldn't you rather be ready tonight? That's what these meetings are about, not joining this church. It's about you being prepared to meet God. And so if you have your Bibles now, Luke chapter 19, verse 11. And as they heard these things, what things? Verse 10 says, this is one of the things they heard. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy, or trade, be busy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. Now you can read the rest of the parable. You can read about the noble man's return and the servant with the ten pounds comes and the servant with the five and you can read on. But I want you just to consider those few words. Their response to the noble man who had gone into the far country was this. We will not have this man to reign over us. Now, over a couple of pages to chapter 23 and verse 18. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man, and release unto us Barabbas. Verse 20. Pilate, therefore willing to release Jesus, spake again to them. But they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. And he said unto them the third time, Why? What evil hath he done? I have found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. And they were instant with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them and of the chief priests prevailed. And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. The expression I want you to think about is this. We will not have this man to reign over us. And in that little parable that the Lord Jesus Christ told about a noble man, I'm going to ask you this. Who is more noble than Christ Himself? Who went into the far country to receive a kingdom and is coming back to reign? Obviously, the Lord Jesus was referring to Himself, the noble man. And He went to heaven to receive a kingdom, but He is coming back to reign. And the story says, the citizens hated him. And of course, you know that they hated Jesus without a cause. Now think of that chant. We will not have this man, Jesus, to reign over us. A lot of influences in our lives. You know, the vast majority of people really do not want the Lord Jesus Christ as an active participant 
in their life. Very few are willing to say, me, I will have this man to reign over me. The reception of the Lord Jesus Christ when he came into this world, John 1 verse 11 says, he came onto his own things, his own things, his own people received him not. They didn't want him and they rejected him. There are a lot of people in Canada and they like Jesus as a baby. Gives everybody a holiday. Christmas. And they like him as a humanitarian. Yes, he did wonderful things. Think of all the good that Jesus did. Even atheists will acknowledge that. That the historical character Jesus did tremendous things. Was a very good man. And they admire his ethics. They say he was a tremendous and outstanding ethical leader. We might call him a philanthropist today. They would say he was a mighty teacher. The things that he taught, if the whole globe operated according to his teachings, it would be a globe of peace. And they love him as a teacher, maybe. Or even a prophet. But not as a Savior and Lord. What are your feelings towards Christ? I was writing somebody back home. I'd love to see the man become a Christian. And I sent him a a video on the Gospel of John recently and I sent him a more than a carpenter book and a few other things and you know he watched the DVD right away and said give me two weeks and I'll have the books read and I said we live in a small community I have no idea what you think of the church that I go to and I said you might know people there that you don't really like or maybe they haven't treated you very well but I said it's not about the people and it's not about the church It's about your own personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you tonight, what's your relationship with Christ? You like him as a baby? Nice one. He's just just a baby. Can't interfere too much there. Just a basket baby. Not going to cramp your lifestyle when he's just a baby that you celebrate at Christmas time. Not going to change or affect your life that much. Would you like him to reign over you? These people sure didn't want him. We will not have this man to reign over us. You know that you've heard about Palm Sunday in the crowd that cried, Hosanna, and they spread all the palm branches and as Jesus was coming into the town and they were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna. That was the beginning of the week. The same fickle crowd, mob-like mentality. By the end of the week, the ones who cried, Hosanna, were crying, crucify him crucify him deep within the human heart there's an hostility towards god and his son jesus christ have you ever heard anyone get mad lately they're out there working doing some yard work and they slice their finger open or they're if they're as awkward with a hammer as i am and you you hit your thumb way too often do you ever see them jumping up and down oh peter renzi peter renzi they saying that not a chance jesus maybe Christ, God, use his name. In the heat of the moment, when the pressure's on and the anger and the adrenaline is flowing, it comes right from the very depths of the human heart against God. It's one thing to mock him. It's one thing to ignore him in this life. But none of us have very much time on earth. And we have our little few years to have our say. And then we walk off the stage of time. And we go out into God's eternity. 
There is an enmity in the human heart. We like to take our own way. We're rebels. It started right back in the Garden of Eden. It's like Adam said, I don't have to do what you... God, you told me not to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. This looks good for me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to disobey you. And uh, that's what a lot of people are doing maybe in the meeting tonight. Your way. The chant of the crowd was, we will not have this man to reign over us. We don't want him to interfere in our life. I'm going to tell you this. Jesus will interfere in your life. So if you're thinking about trusting Christ, you need to know up front, he will interfere with your life. He will make radical changes in you and in your lifestyle. You need to know that up front. He will change you. You see, people love their sin. People love their habits. And if there were no consequences for their sins and if there were no negative side effects to their sin, they wouldn't even consider getting saved. If there was no fear of hell, or coming judgment, and if there was no shortage of funds, and if they were never going to get caught, and no consequences, who would give up their sin? People love their sin. It's the consequences that they don't like. But sin, yes, they love it. And we have a problem with authority. Human nature has that problem, always had with authority. We have a tendency, we want to buck authority, anything that restricts us, anything that limits our preferences, it's self-rule. I did it my way. I'll call the shots. Thank you very much. I will paddle my own canoe. I don't need anyone else. Well, you have a lot to think about. If you're ever going to have Christ as your Savior, there's going to have to be a 180 change in your thinking. A 180 change. You say you're ready to be saved? Are you ready to step down? of the throne of your life. Step down and allow Him to be the Lord of your life. Are you? You think that God is going to bless you with eternal salvation if you want Jesus just like you want a spare tire and a trunk? Just if I need Him, I'll use Him? You don't use God. People like to use Him as a 911 God. Ignore Him every day of their life until they get in trouble or get a bad diagnosis or a scare and they, they think they can dial Him up and He should come here just like that. Oh, thank God, wonderful. He's so gracious. Often He is a 911 God. But if that's how you're approaching salvation, like a, a fire extinguisher in the closet, I'll just bring it out when I need Him. Or a life preserver mounted on the deck of your nice little boat, just over there, not bothering anything, but there if you get into a pinch. Or an umbrella for a rainy day. You really don't want Him to rain over you, do you? That's what these people said. We will not have this man to reign over us. We will not. The challenge of the will. You have your own will. God gave you the ability to exercise your own will. He gave you the intellectual capacity to assess the facts and to weigh up all the evidence and to ponder your options for life and for eternity and to make a decision. You have your own will. And in gospel meetings like these, People make definite decisions for eternity. And maybe there's someone here and you're assessing the facts, weighing the evidence, the challenge of the will. What are you going to do with Christ? The people of that day said, we will not have this man. This man? Oh, what a man this man is. Why wouldn't you want him? Is your life that good? 
that you just want to keep on going, making your own choices and leaving him on the outside? Like, is your life so thrilling? And are you so satisfied with your life that when you shut your light out at night and fall into bed, you just sort of give that little victorious pump of the fist and say, yes, this is life. Give me another hundred years of this without a change. Oh, you say, no, not really. No, there's a lot of people say, if this is all there is to life, some people say, might as well end it. Oh, don't end your life. There's a greater life. Jesus said in John chapter 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Satan does that too. But Jesus said in contrast to the thief, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. There's an abundant life in Jesus Christ. It's a free gift and you could have it in this meeting. But you have a will of your own. They said we will not have this man to reign over us. What a man he is, a champion of the cross. Consider him. Luke 15, they said, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. They thought they were saying something negative about him. This man, he receives sinners. I'm glad he receives sinners because without that, I would never have been saved. I would never have been a possessor of eternal life. This man does receive sinners. He received a sinner like me. Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. The thief on the cross said, we're guilty of our deeds, but this man has done not one thing out of place. And you know, this man that we're preaching, he didn't go down to defeat on the cross. I don't know how much you know of the story of Jesus, but he was no martyr and he sure didn't go down to defeat. When he finished his work on the cross, he didn't slump his head to his chest and mutter, it is finished, it's all over, lost the battle. No. Read your Bible carefully. It says he cried with a loud voice. Now, if you have sensitive ears, I'm going to do it for you tonight. But when Jesus died, before he died, he went, and we're going to say it in the English language, it is finished. That's the cry of a mighty conqueror. He paid for our sins. He paid it. He finished. That's what he meant when he said he, it's finished. Here you are worried about your sins, how you're going to get to heaven. Jesus said, it's finished. The debt is paid in full. I did the work that you could never do for yourselves. And they put him in the grave in the tomb. And the third day, he arose from that tomb and Jesus Christ is alive tonight. This man, they said, we won't have this man to reign over us. Hebrews 10 verse 12 uses that same expression. This man after he had offered one sacrifice for his sin forever, sat down, where? Up in heaven. My, it's finished, the one sacrifice for sins. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, this man has preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. What's your choice? Is there anybody here, and you're to the point in life with all your sins, you're willing to step down, to yield, surrender. Up until now, you've been resisting and saying, I will not have this man to reign over me. Nope. 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 But tonight, maybe the Spirit of God is dealing with you and you're thinking about, it's time for me to say, I will have this man to reign over me. Choice of the heart. You have a decision to make. Our prayer is that you'll be honest with God. 
and that you will no longer say with the crowd that chanted, we will not have this man to reign over us. You will say, I'm not going to go with the crowd any longer. I personally will have this man to reign over me. You're listening to Anchor Point with evangelist Mr. Peter Ramsey and a message entitled, A King Rejected. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.